COVID-19. Some observations. You're listening to Insights on Longwood's Health Services Radio. Coming up after the break, the light at the end of the COVID-19 tunnel. But first, a personal perspective from Janet Davidson. My point of reference for COVID-19 is SARS. Admittedly, the two are almost 20 years apart. I was a Toronto hospital CEO in the thick of the SARS outbreak, but I am much more removed from the COVID-19 pandemic. I am, however, struck daily by some of the similarities as well as the significant differences. The magnitude of COVID-19 and its implications, both current and future, makes SARS look like a minor blip on the radar screen. I worry about how we, as a country and globally, are going to pay for this. The rate of spending on anything even remotely related to COVID-19 seems unlimited and almost unquestioned. How long can this continue unabated? Where is the money coming from? I don't remember this being a big issue during SARS pandemic, although I am aware that the negative economic implications of SARS led to a downgrade from Code Orange sooner than some health sector people felt appropriate. SARS-2 reared its ugly head a few weeks later, and some would argue it was worse than SARS-1. I hope that there is a lesson to be learned from that. One of the strengths I see in the way Canada and individual provinces are handling COVID-19, similar to SARS, is the reliance on scientific and fact-based evidence, as contrasted most obviously with our neighbor to the south. Medical officers of health, both nationally and provincially, are front and center in the public discourse. Our politicians are out there, but the focus is on what is being done or needs to be done. Our politicians are not questioning scientific evidence or advice. There is consensus on the health and well-being of our citizens being paramount. There is an agreement that this is not the time to descend to partisan politics. And thank the heavens for that. I also give thanks to our health care system, with all its warts and blemishes. Can you imagine living in a country during a crisis like this where you may not have any health care coverage because you cannot afford it, or you may not receive needed support because your political stripes are different? These are huge advantages we often make light of. Returning to the SARS pandemic for a moment, there are a couple of lessons from that experience I don't think we learned very well. Firstly, everyone involved marched to the same drummer. Recommendations from scientific committees and working groups were implemented uniformly and expeditiously. During the present crisis, I find almost the opposite to be true. This is most notable when I watch what is happening in Ontario, where different hospitals are making different decisions, resulting in different policies among institutions, and in some instances, publicly funded institutions are even competing with each other for such things as acquisition of supplies. This is unacceptable. More broadly, there are differences among provinces on such things as social distancing guidelines, implementation of rules around the size of group gatherings, and so on. Of course, in a country the size of Canada, differences are to be expected. But to the average citizen trying to make sense of everything, it is not always clear why one province has suddenly decided to limit the size of group gatherings to three individuals, while another has gone with five. The same can be said for the determination of essential services. There is a considerable variation across the country. This is confusing and can result in some skepticism about whether we actually know what we are doing. 
My final point relates to Canada's health system capacity. Following the SARS pandemic, comments were made about the inability of an already maxed out system to cough up more accurate and critical care beds during a crisis. Some 20 years later, I would say the problem is even worse. What other industry considers regularly using 100% or more of capacity as being efficient? Most industries actually plan to use less than full capacity, so they are able to respond to unexpected events such as the present COVID-19 situation. Yet, in healthcare, anything other than full occupancy is deemed inefficient. A vacant bed is actually considered bad. What does that say about us? Let us hope we do not continue to be victims of the old adage, those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Janet Davidson is a healthcare consultant in Vancouver Island, British Columbia. For the full text, references, and author credentials of these insights, please visit us at longwoods.com insights. And now the light at the end of the COVID-19 tunnel by Ron Kaczorowski. That compelling worldwide and local events have us living in interesting times is a significant understatement. That a novel respiratory virus, COVID-19, has had the unusual ability to rapidly become a pandemic with significant and unrelenting socioeconomic consequences has now become our reality. COVID-19 is challenging and taxing our individual, social, financial, healthcare, and other critical resources in ways that we have not experienced before, but perhaps should have expected. For our healthcare systems, with all their present issues, we can be extremely thankful that committed professionals and related staff have continued to unselfishly deliver timely services to those patients who urgently require them. Across many levels of the healthcare community, COVID-19 has thrown some significant challenges towards traditional thinking and approaches, which must be addressed promptly. With the understanding that what was true just yesterday may not be true today or even tomorrow. If history has taught us anything, these unusual times are not a first, and they will definitely not be the last. As a Stockdale optimist, I am confident that this pandemic will also pass. What is difficult to know, however, even with the required self-isolation and social distancing along with proactive testing and prompt treatment for those affected, is when will we triumph over COVID-19? But what is a Stockdale optimist? In his book Good to Great, Jim Collins discusses the Stockdale Paradox, named after U.S. Vice Admiral James Stockdale, which defines an individual's optimism as an important characteristic in becoming a resilient person especially when faced with a significant challenge. The Stockdale Paradox also challenges us to combine that optimism with the responsibility of looking at today's realities objectively. That is exactly how Vice Admiral James Stockdale survived as a long-term prisoner of war during the Vietnam War. As compared to some of his fellow soldiers who were convinced they would be released in the near future, and many of whom did not survive, The key survival mechanism for Stockdale was the ability to combine the optimism that he would eventually be released with the realism that he had no control over when that would happen. A Stockdale optimist focuses on four key areas, 
One, a realistic and pragmatic view of a situation. Two, a strong belief and faith in people. Three, the ability to understand and appreciate what one can control, and just as importantly, what is out of one's control. And finally, four, the optimism that the first three areas will eventually provide a passage out of today's dark tunnel. For the healthcare sector, this reality seems to change at a rate that is unprecedented both at global and regional level. COVID-19 has provided unparalleled challenges for many within the healthcare community of providers, caregivers, payers, and most importantly, patients with their loved ones. This reality also touches upon those individuals and organizations that are indirectly associated with the healthcare market in ways that they have most probably never imagined or planned for. As a Stockdale optimist, you must rely on those trusted sources of evidence-based information which keep you aware of the reality we face. A consistent effort is required to turn off the avalanche of noise coming from those who have become today's pseudo-experts, and there are many. Also, as a Stockdale optimist, one must have both faith and a strong belief in people, from those whom we expect and to those we would never expect, to lead us by commitment and example through our present challenges. We need to look upon those organizations that have never entertained entering the healthcare market to explore how their core competencies can, through imaginative and creative thinking, deliver meaningful and timely value to the community of healthcare stakeholders. Great examples are already occurring, which leave me confident that the required effort to move the flywheel has already gathered momentum and will only accelerate. There is also a belief held by several that this will just blow over, and with time, things will get back to the way that they were. Not likely. Even worse are those who, for reasons of opportunistic and self-serving greed, will falsely portray themselves as committed individuals and or organizations for the greater good of their fellow citizens. Of these, beware. We must, after the pandemic has abated, take the appropriate amount of time to fully understand what happened and why. What we learn from the outcome of that process will guide us in taking the necessary and timely steps to continuously improve upon the positive outcomes. We need to eliminate the wasted approaches and spent energies that have not delivered any meaningful value and also challenge ourselves to develop new value-based initiatives from the foundations of our learnings. Finally, we must take the time to acknowledge, thank, and show our sincere appreciation to all of those who were the true heroes throughout this ordeal and who would ultimately allow us to enjoy the light at the end of the tunnel. Ron Kaczorowski is president of SecureLinks, managing director of Marika Alliances and the former chair of the Kensington Health Center. Insights is produced and presented by Longwoods Publishing, providing better care through health services publishing, education, and recruitment. For more information, please visit us at longwoods.com. I'm Eric Hart. Thanks for listening.